The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. My regular guest, Robert Larson, is joining us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Great to be with you. So in Wildemar, where we were talking about last week about uh, tax enough already, and, you know, you're going to add $29 to your property tax to pay for city parks, which seems like, you know, a thriving community should have. Uh, this week, we might have found out why everybody in Wildemar is in a bad mood. They're sick, apparently. Uh, two chemicals were found at higher levels in a certain housing uh, development, and the filthy dirt was gotten from a city dump. And so can you tell us more about this? Yeah. So we can't claim the whole city. <laughs> no, but, you know, these things are sort of a domino effect, people feeling bad, and they kind of mean to other people, and then they... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a, a neighborhood, a cul-de-sac that was built uh, fairly recently during the housing boom when they just, when these developers just couldn't put these things up fast enough. Yeah. And it appears that may have resulted in a problem in trying to get these houses put up as quickly as possible and as cheaply as possible, they may have brought in some fill dirt that wasn't up to standard, in fact, was contaminated. I'm, I don't think they know exactly at this point where the developer got the dirt. They're investigating this, but the thing is, is that over the last uh, few years, uh, some residents have complained of illnesses and some have become so alarmed by it that they've actually just moved out of their houses, abandoned them. And I don't think people would do that if they didn't really feel there was something horribly wrong, uh, all kinds of weird health conditions. And when they moved away, these mostly seemed to get better. There was a case of one woman who just suddenly died for uh, not any real apparent reason that was uh, could be found on the surface. And uh, so people have complained about their digging in their lawns, their planting trees or whatever people do, landscaping in their homes, and finding just all kinds of weird objects that you would find probably in uh, dirt that was from a city dump. Just all different kinds of trash, plastic. Diapers? I, I, I haven't heard anybody mention diapers, but, you know, bits of carpet. And, oh, my a different plastic and then weird white powders that when they sort of leach up to the surface nothing will grow there and uh, just pretty nasty stuff that we see when uh, developers are being unscrupulous yeah yeah it actually reminds me it's not in anybody's housing development per se but uh, parts of the old Cleveland Municipal Stadium washed ashore after the Hurricane Sandy it was just sitting in Lake Erie for I think what uh, 15 years since they demoed that. So it's amazing what comes out of the ground sometimes. Yeah, you think it's just bland, filtered, and it's just like gotten from somewhere that is... Uh... Less than savory. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it that one guy in Texas that wants to support Mitt Romney? He's like a billionaire homeowner uh, builder, and he... Uh, basically wants you not to have any recourse to sue him if he builds a crappy house. Yeah. He's one of the, he's one of the guys from Texas. I can't think of his name at the moment. Yeah, these uh, kind of like a lot of these Carl Rove affiliated groups are into this whole belief system that uh, uh, lawsuits are out of control and we need tort reform. And uh, they, they take a, a one case or a case 
completely out of context and make you think that people are suing for no reason. And uh, it, when the truth is that this is the only recourse a lot of times that ordinary citizens have when they're wronged by a big corporation, a big developer, or something like that, is to get together in a class action lawsuit and be able to sue these people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you're listening in your car and you're automatically thinking, well, what about the hot coffee lawsuit? That was frivolous. If you re-watch the documentary, you can tell that it's not. <laughs> she had. They've done a masterful job of propaganda with that. Oh, yeah. People bring that up and say, yeah, this lady got a little hot coffee spilled on her and got like a million dollars. It's completely... The way that story is presented is completely false. They don't mention the fact that she had third-degree burns. They don't mention the fact that uh, the coffee was so hot it melted her like jogging suit, so it stick, stuck to her skin. And the doctors had a hell of a time trying to get you know parse that off. And so, yeah, they don't mention all the the medical expenses she had to go through either to to fix that. And they don't mention that these types of burns had happened hundreds of times before and there had been plenty of warnings. And, yeah. Uh, and they don't mention that she really didn't end up with very much money from it. No, she really didn't. Yeah. So think about the lo local Carl Rove types. Well, the maybe the wannabes. Your state local assembly race only has two Republicans in it thanks to Prop 14. Uh, how does that make you feel as a voter? Well, you know, uh, like most voters, you get your sample ballot thing in the mail and you kind of know a lot of things how you're going to vote already and, and then there's some other things you're not really sure and you got to do a little research and you look through your sample ballot to see what's on there so I'm thinking oh state assembly okay who am I going to vote for here and I figured that on the ballot I would see a Republican and a Democrat or maybe a Republican Democrat and Libertarian or maybe a green you know three or four candidates and yeah sometimes in these districts that are sort of heavily leaning one way or another uh the one candidate will run unopposed and you'll see maybe a republican or if it, which is this district is republican leaning or if it was a democratic leaning district you'd see a democrat maybe running unopposed so that's what i thought i was going to find uh you know either a republican running unopposed or a republican against a democrat or maybe a one third party candidate and i'm looking Republican, one more candidate, Republican. Like, how does that work? How do, in the general election, I get a choice between two Republicans? I thought you have primaries and you, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, and then the third parties choose one person and then they end up on the ballot in the general election. And apparently we passed a ballot initiative in 2010 that sort of changed that all up. I think you know more about this than I do. Yes, Prop 14. I remember uh, uh, voting against that <laughs> because I didn't think it was a good idea. I thought something like this might happen. And so uh, what? I guess it's where we agreed that we're going to have sort of open primaries and just the two top finishers end up in the general election regardless of party. Is that how it works? I, th I believe so, yeah. So, yeah, what I heard in this district is that uh, there were two Republicans – but there were, I don't know, maybe three or four or five Democrats, and they sort of split the vote, so they all finished down, and the two Republicans were the top two, and so there you have it. And, <laughs> and, and knowing Larry Aragon and his tricks here in Irvine, I wonder how many of the Democrats were affiliated with the Republicans in that open primary. Yeah, and so now I, I, I'm getting mailers saying, uh, and it's not really clear who 
they're from, but it seems to be like telling you that one of the Republicans is way more right-wing, way more Tea Party affiliated than the other, so you don't want to vote for that crazy person and vote for this other Republican. Uh, I, I talked to a Democratic Party operative out here, and he, he just said, oh, they're both really dismal. I, it's hard to say which one's worse. <laughs> I like the whole idea. I'm not with the Tea Party. It's finally become shameful, so that, that must be something. Well, I think I got it because uh, I, I was on a list of a left-leaning voter, so oh. a right-leaning voter, they'd probably say, this is the Tea Party guy you want to vote for. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in all for ending abortions in all cases, and, you know, just a crazy mailer would have gone out if you're a registered Republican. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought of registering as a Republican just so you, you can see their crazy flyers? Um, yeah, I've thought about that. I know people that do that and, and get on email lists for all kinds of really crazy right-wing organizations just to <laughs> see what they're up to. My dad actually has an email virus or something, and I get his mass mailers from the Colorado Republican Party. They're entertaining. Well, you know, in Colorado, they it's there's the big... Uh, what is it, a military academy there or something? Or a... uh, There's Air Force Academy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they are uh, high up in the Air Force. There are a lot of religious right-wing nut jobs. They've actually kind of taken over uh, the Air Force. It's really scary. Uh, you, it, it, It's not like everybody, but there is a huge clique within the Air Force in the high leadership areas, and they... And in, 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 in the academy there. Yeah, on, on a side topic, I think they actually punished soldiers for not going to a Christian rock concert a few years back. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was getting at. It's all, that's a part of it. And you are sort of ostracized if you are not. It's, you can be Christian, that, you'll still get ostracized even if you're Christian. You have to be a certain very right-wing type of Christian. It's really crazy. Yeah, this, this country's definitely getting on the crazy side. Uh, so the thing about campaigning and spending and stuff, uh, new figures have come out against with uh, red light cameras in the Inland Empire about that initiative. Yeah, this is the, the measure N that is, uh, you know, I, I think arguments can be made sort of both ways on that, although I oppose it. Don't really like these red light cameras, a little bit too big brotherish for me. But... Um, the people that, that are against Measure N, so that they want to keep the red light cameras in Murrieta, uh, are spending like crazy. And I saw a figure, and I think this was coming from the yes on Measure N people, so I don't know how valid that point is, but they were saying that they were being outspent 100 to 1. It does not surprise me at all, because I, I, I haven't gotten any mailers for the uh, yes on Measure N, but I get a mailer almost every day from the no on Measure N people. And they're pretty uh, expensive-looking mailers, real big, full-color. And uh, they, the people that produce the red-light cameras, I'm sure, have very deep pockets. Yeah, they're, they're using their, your fine money to help pay for keeping them there. Yeah. yeah, it just seems sort of perverted, but that's the situation with that. Oh, God. So you were telling me also... Uh, that you have funny, weird stories when you come out of CVS Pharmacy. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, we don't have a lot of choices with where we buy our prescription drugs. I mean, there's a few different drugstores, but CVS is kind of the big 
chain I think that most of us end up going to. And uh, I there's a particular one I like going to because it's open 24 hours and I work a lot of uh, fairly late nights. And so I can go in there at 11 and 11 p.m. and or midnight and pick up my prescriptions. And it's it's just kind of an interesting uh, uh, <clears throat> adventure every time I do this because. Uh, I, I started thinking about, well, who are the other kinds of people that are up all night? Uh, yeah, you know, tweakers, <laughs> people that are uh, uh, just up to nefarious activities, I think, to, to a degree. And uh, so you just see a strange crowd going in there, and sometimes it's fine, but a lot of times I, I see it, People are in there getting a prescription, and they've got this big sort of sheet in their hand, and they're the kind from past experience I know that you get when you've just been to an emergency room. Oh, God. And so they're people that sometimes look like they've maybe been in some kind of fight, some domestic dispute or something, and uh, they just look uh, like they haven't been living real real well or something. And, and then you just see a, a lot of... Uh, kids in there trying to steal alcohol, see them getting kicked out of the store all the time, and uh, it's uh, just, uh, and there, there's actually a lot of crime in this area, and it's just, uh, I don't know that this area is, I don't know, there's not like a ghetto per se out here, but there just uh, are uh, some areas that just a lot of unsavory characters, a lot of uh, methamphetamine use and other illegal substances, and you just uh, see these people lurking around this one CVS, and it's it's always an adventure. Uh, is there anybody trying to get the cough syrup for the methamphetamines? That was our big issue when I worked at a grocery store. Uh, I, I don't know. That's pretty highly restricted now. You yeah. show an ID when you do that. Uh, you have to be 21, I believe, to purchase that stuff. Yeah, but you usually never stop them from trying to steal it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know that I've seen that, but I mean, I see, I, I see a lot of the alcohol thievery going <laughs> on. It just, uh, I, I walked down the alcohol aisle, and there was a young guy, looked like he was probably about 20, and I just kind of looked over, and he looked at me and just gave me a weird sort of grin. And uh, I just said, I don't know. I just it looked like he was just trying to be friendly with me. And so I said, oh, yeah, what kind of rum do you like there? Or something like that. And and then, uh, then a, a minute later, the manager of the store came, you know, sort of running over to that aisle and just immediately said to the guy, all right, out of the store. I saw you put something down your pants. And uh, so now it, it all kind of comes clear now why the guy gave me this weird sort of grin. I think he felt at that moment that I had sort of caught him with his uh, hand in the cookie jar. Or he might have thought you were a loss prevention person, too. I mean, those yeah. could, yeah. yeah. I think that's what he maybe thought, and uh, it was kind of, and I just was kind of clueless at that point and just thought, you know, I don't know, just some kid who's kind of... Out of his mind, or... <laughs> and, and there's just, uh, yeah, there it's a... Uh, I don't know. I, I think... I haven't looked at the crime statistics, but I think they they are not as reported reported as much as they should be. Yeah, you know, um, let me word that differently. I think they're sort of underreported. Yeah, crime that goes on out here because I just see so much shady stuff, especially on this one uh, CBS and one end of Temecula. Uh, well, another field trip for Heather, I guess. <laughs> 
Well, Robert Larson, he joins us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest via Skype. That's how we magically reach each other. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Heather McCoy Show today. Always good to be with you. Thanks, Heather.